The heritage railway sector is reliant on volunteers. As well as enthusiasm, volunteers from all walks of life, ages and experience bring with them valuable skills learned in different workplaces. In the first episode of Making Tracks, I take a look at some of the challenges and positives that come with the involvement of volunteers in a long-term high-value heritage railway restoration project. I went back over old ground to speak with two retired engineering professionals who were part of the team on the Phase 4 of the Welsh Highland Railway reconstruction. Today we're here with Stuart McNair um, at Harbour Station in Port Maddox. Good afternoon, Stuart. Good afternoon. It's good to catch up with you again after all this time. Before we talk about your experiences as a volunteer um, on the Welsh Island rebuilding, um, could you tell us a little bit about your first encounter with the Fistanyog and Welsh Highland Railway? I first encountered the Fistanyog Railway in 1954 when we came up the Blyner branch with my grandfather and there was the derelict station. On it was a notice saying, do you wish to restore this railway? So I wrote off and sent 10 shillings much to the, um, much to the, sh- the shame of my mother who said it was a waste of money. <laughs> Later on in life, she thanked me for doing it because she said this is dinner I've given her so much pleasure. What did the, um, what, what, what did the railway look like um, in 1954? The top half was fine because there wasn't any vegetation, but the following year I came and walked down the railway and below Tannable, it was virtually impossible because of the trees and the branches and things. So that, you, 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 that was when you started to volunteer on the railway in 1955, that would be? Yes, I, I, we first, we had a holiday near Aberystwyth in 1955 and I walked from there to the railway station and caught an early morning train three days that week and I came up to Porth Maddock um, and caught late afternoon train back. It was mostly working on the cob changing sleepers um, because Mr. Garraway, who was driving the train, would point out where they were collapsing and we were dashing backwards and forwards and changing them one after another. It was great fun. Another day I was clearing out a, a big hole in the floor at Boston Lodge which had collapsed and we needed to take out what was in this hole so they could rebuild the floor. Do you remember having a look at the uh, the Welsh Highland Railway track bed? Um, I, I, I remember a, a story about you coming across a cow in a tunnel somewhere. Oh, well, well that's, that's a long time before. But my, well, that, no, it wasn't. Uh, my sister and I came in 1957. Right. And... Uh, I wanted to see what the Welsh Highland was like, so we walked to Beth on a Sunday, and we walked through the tunnel, and all of a sudden we saw these horns rising in the distance, and it turned out it was a cow which was sheltering from the heat. Um, we got to Beth and found that there wasn't a bus on a Sunday, so we had to walk back to Dramatic so we could get back to Minthith where we were camping. <laughs> I, uh... I can't imagine that there's much life in Bedgellet on a Sunday evening, even nowadays. <laughs> what would you What would you say it was like, Stuart, um, coming back to volunteer on the railway years later? 
um, to carry out a, a, a job in your field um, that you're doing, but w without a salary? Was comfortably off, so it didn't matter. And liked the idea, loved the railway, thought the job was fantastic, and the people I worked with couldn't have been better. That's that's very good to hear, um, and I think the, the the project was very grateful for the, um, the the support and the knowledge that you that you brought to it for sure. Um, is there anything that could have been done better um, from the organisation from the the railway's point of view? No, I don't think so. Um, once we got into the job, uh, we seemed to be able to cope with it all right. I do think that it had been a bit of a shambles before, which of course is how I became involved when one of the directors of the company had told me the mess that it was in. And I, like a fool, volunteered to come and help. <laughs> I always say the wine was in and the wit was out. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, uh, so Stuart, what, what actually was your, your, your day job during your working life? Oh, all sorts of things. Um, principally, I was a civil engineering technician. I worked basically in a design office, initially uh, doing waterworks projects, then steelworks projects. Then I was loaned to a um, company in Sheffield, which was doing a, um, a combined iron and steelworks out in South Africa. The gentleman who was project manager was very good to me and um, I stepped on three nails working for a, a company that was doing a amateur production and I sat in his office for three weeks. Ever afterwards, he, or if he had anything he wanted doing quickly, he would come to me and say, Stuart, can you fit it in? And I'd always say yes. After the project finished, he went into business on his own and after a year rang me and asked me if I'd go and work for him and that was another life-changing moment. I said yes and went. There I worked worked in the in the drawing office but he'd loaned me to British Steel, to uh, the coal board, to all sorts of things. So I, I had a vast experience working in different environments much of which I really enjoyed. <laughs> I mean, that, that sounds like a, 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 a rich and varied um, career, which would probably have um, kept you away from the railway or not given you a great deal of time um, for volunteering. Um, was it the case that you, you, you had been away for a, a long time when you came back uh, to the Welsh Highland Project? Yes, it, w it was a long time volunteering. I kept in touch, of course, because I got all the magazines. I came on the um, special trains to the AGM, which were always great fun, particularly as, as one of them was pulled by the city of Truro and the other by the another by the Flying Scotsman, which was absolutely ideal for a local spotter. <laughs> it, was, it was also nice to be able to... Uh, have a buffet and lunch as you pass Bala Lake and a railway which is no longer there, except it's now a little too for gauge line. But they don't do buffet meals like the railway used to. Um, and you mentioned um, 
uh, getting involved again on the the Welsh Island project um, after one of the uh, the directors got in contact with you. Would you have any uh, advice for somebody um, in that position um, now, acting as a, a, an engineering manager or a, a director or so on a head on a heritage railway project uh, when it comes to um, recruiting, if you like, um, volunteering professionals? Well, in my experience, it was great fun. <laughs> so I would encourage somebody if they if they thought that they would fit in. When I came to the project, that was the thing I said to the manager at the time, was that my face had to fit because there'd been so much disharmony with the previous team. Um, so, yes, if your face fits, go for it. <laughs> and I've heard you mention um, in, in the past um, a, a couple of some highlights um, of your experience um, involved in the project. Uh, one that sticks out in my mind, um, you talk about being uh, the first passenger um, to ride through the, the long tunnel on the Welsh Highland um, for 70-odd years. Well, this was something that we were doing. We laid the rails out of the tunnel and, we, uh, and everybody jumped off, apart from me, to go and see the train come out. So, apart from the driver, I was the only person to actually ride through the tunnel. Uh, which, which which part of the, 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 the project went best, would you say? Well, I think the reinstallation of Pont Chrysler, which is a combination of eight little bridges, all of which were built, seven of them to the same size and one special. We put them all in on one day, which I think was the 2nd of January one year. They fitted very well. Um, that the surveyor in team had had a little uh, consternation about whether the bolts were in the right place and to see each unit go down, 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 down was very satisfying. And this, uh, the, the bridge at Pont Croiser, um, that was utilising the existing uh, or the original abutments and new, um, new steel sections? Yes. Yes, and they they they've been fabricated locally, haven't they, in Carnarvon? Yes, Bronze Car Works in Carnarvon. The um, the remedial work to the tops was done by uh, who did that, Alistair? Uh, Ray Jarvis. Ray Jarvis, correct. Yeah. It was a very pleasant afternoon spent catching up with Stuart there. To get a better picture of volunteering and how best to manage volunteers' time, I wanted to speak to another member of the old team. Um, and by chance, John Shreves was on an annual visit to the Fistanyogan Welsh Highland Railway. Um, John was on our team at the same time as Stuart, um, and he's also involved with managing professional volunteers on a number of other um, heritage schemes. Well, it's a fairly foul day, and uh, we're meeting um, at Minford on the Fistanyog Railway. And I think uh, because of the rain, we'll step inside. Okay, John, uh, good afternoon. It's good to see you again. Um, yes. what, what have you been doing this weekend? On the, uh... Uh, good afternoon, Pastor. Uh, well, this weekend has been a bit of a washout, actually, as I've been here for my annual visit uh, with uh, the Team S, and we're the team that works on the railway looking after the uh, structures. Uh, so, um, 
yesterday went up to uh, Mogwin Tunnel and uh, on the train and we had identified some loose uh, rock inside the tunnel and there was also a fallen tree uh, the cutting and we were able to um, resolve it. Well thank you for coming to join us today on uh, Making Tracks. Um, that sounds like a that sounds like a, a, a very interesting day. <laughs> um, yes. Can, uh, in your in your professional life, um, away from um, uh, heritage railways and so on, you describe yourself as an engineer, don't you? Yes, right. Um, I, I've, I'm a professional civil engineer, and I've worked for I worked for Halcro Consultants um, since 1986, and so I'm uh, career was focused mainly on highways. So, and Halcro were quite weak in the railway sector. I was able to fulfil my interest in railways through uh, volunteering on uh, different um, preserved railways um, and in a professional capacity. First of all, I was uh, uh, just doing labouring and then it uh, went to the next level up, um, uh, doing bridge designs uh, on the Welsh Island Railway. Stuart talked to me about what he saw as the most rewarding work on the last stretch of the Welsh Highland reconstruction, uh, the installation of the eight-span bridge at Pontcroyser. Um, as the principal designer of that bridge, as well as several others on the line, does it stand out as a particular highlight in your memory? Uh, not a particular highlight. Um, I, this was the one of nine that I did for the Welsh Highland Railway. Um, the remarkable thing about it, I suppose, is that it was the last obstruction to completion of the line through to Port Maddock, and so it was a milestone in that sense. Um, but uh, what was more remarkable was that all eight spans were placed in one day, and that day was the 2nd of January 2008, and this was after many months of heavy rain. I arrived there just after Christmas, and the uh, there was a feeling of doom when I saw the scaffolding completely submerged under water. Then remarkably, uh, we had, between the Christmas and the New Year, we had four days with no rain, which I think was quite a record for North Wales in winter. So when it came to the, the 2nd of January, it went out and it was uh, fortunate that the water had receded just enough. It was below the scaffolding and the wind had dropped and we were able to go ahead as planned uh, and the men were able to stand on the scaffolding to set the bearings in in safety. So um, it was a, a good bridge and I was very pleased it all went ahead as planned and it finished in, in the darkness that, that day. Uh, so uh, bringing your professional skills um, to, the, to, the, to the railway project, um, I can say that during your time on the uh, on phase four of the Welsh Island reconstruction, um, we did value and need your expertise. Um, do you feel that there is an appreciation of specialist volunteer contributions um, to a heritage railway project? Well, absolutely. Um, I mean, consulting engineers do have a reputation for charging high fees and not necessarily uh, delivering the best solution. In this instance, I was able to uh, devote more time and effort uh, to go the extra mile to obtain the best solution to respect the heritage and uh, within the uh, time and uh, budget constraints. And, and I was able to do that for the railway, but without uh, charging my time. And so uh, there's a more sort of relaxed feel about it. Um, when you're working in a professional um, office, you're always under the cosh to produce time, uh, just to design quickly and to budget. And here it was a, something I enjoyed doing as well. 
Um, was the fact that the, the Welsh Highland Railway reconstruction had to significant financial support from the EU um, an incentive uh, to your involvement? Well, yes, this, this was a project that, which was going to go ahead. Um, I have been involved in several projects over the years and some of them have gone dormant. Uh, there seems to be a, a lack of understanding uh, about the cost of projects and the um, legal processes to go through. And the Welsh Highland Railway was one that was going ahead, it had the finance and it had the um, uh, the authorisation under the Transport and Works Act uh, order. And so uh, there's definitely um, one to be involved in. Because it had that sort of air of, I suppose, um, professionalism about it that gave you confidence that it, it was going to succeed. Well, that's that's correct. I mean, um, I don't wouldn't want to waste my time on uh, backing a dead horse. <laughs> well, that's fair enough. Um, <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, there are some very uh, optimistic schemes out there, aren't there? Is is there anything that the the heritage railway, as a sector, as a sector as a whole, perhaps um, needs to do better in order to attract and retain people who have professional skill sets to offer on a voluntary basis? Uh, my skills are in great demand, um, and um, there is a hu- there are a huge number of schemes out there. And uh, the, there's very little uh, funding available. If you do things for free, um, the whole world beats a path to your door. And I do get asked frequently to help, and I've had to turn down a few. Um, and I think the, to get other people involved, um, they've got to want to be involved. And the, it's often seen as a busman's holiday, where you're doing the same job um, in your leisure time as what you're doing in your uh, day job. Um, and I don't see it as that at all. I'm able to help by, as an extension of my professional work, um, providing a service um, which um, otherwise I'd have to pay very dearly for. Now, there's the topic of liability uh, often raised, and um, I over- that is overcome by the railway having its own indemnity uh, for volunteers working for them in a professional capacity. So that doesn't concern me at all. Without that, that would serve as a, a barrier to entry, I would imagine, and deter deter people perhaps in your position? Uh, well, yes, but I, I don't see it any different to, say, um, the, uh, the driver or guard or safety-critical personnel working on the railway. They have the same responsibilities to the safety of the public and the safety of the railway. Now, I'm uh, doing my job in a professional capacity and the procedures are followed uh, as I would in my, my normal uh, day job. So um, I don't think it's any different. We have the same sort of duty of care. Would you be able to yes, tell us about yes. some of the other heritage yeah. projects that you have been involved in? Um, yes, indeed. Uh, there are uh, several others. The Linton and Barstow Railway in Devon, um, I've, uh, I'm involved in that one. It's seen as a natural extension of the Welsh Highland Railway. Uh, in in the context that it's the uh, last uh, narrow gauge uh, railway to be reinstated in England and it's the same gauge and same calibre closed in the 1930s. There's another one, a Rother Valley Railway, uh, which is uh, going to be connecting Roberts Bridge on the Hastings main line with the Kent and East Sussex Railway and that just got the go-ahead just two months ago. So I'm really looking forward to uh, working on that and, and seeing it uh, develop. And there are also the Gloucestershire Warwickshire Steam Railway, 
uh, I'm uh, engaged there uh, looking after the bridges. So all of their 40 odd uh, bridges I have to inspect annually uh, to ensure they're kept safe uh, for the public and for the, uh, for the uh, passage of trains. There are several other um, heritage railway schemes I'm involved in, but some of them are not uh, developed to such a, an extent and there are long periods of, of dormancy, uh, but I remain available to advise as required. Okay, well, thank you very much, John, for taking the time uh, to talk to us today. And uh, I hope the weather improves somewhat for the, uh, uh, the rest of your time um, doing, carrying out structures or inspections on structures here. Well, uh, yes, indeed. Uh, thank you very much indeed. And uh, tomorrow we plan to have a look at uh, Barlewood Bridge near Blynafestiniog. Uh, this is a, a timber bridge which was uh, erected in uh, 1982. And so uh, it is, uh, does need some uh, remedial work to be carried out in the near future. And I hope to advise on that. Thanks to my guests, Stuart McNair and John Shreves for a thought-provoking discussion on how the heritage railway sector makes productive use of the skills of professional volunteers. It demonstrates that highly skilled and motivated people are prepared to contribute their time and energy to serve long-term and ambitious projects in a meaningful and creative way in an environment outside of the regular workplace. Links are available in the show notes to the railways mentioned in this programme. Please get in touch with any thoughts or comments inspired by this or with suggestions for future episodes of Making Making Tracks is presented by me, Alastair Stewart, and produced by Laura Raymond. Our podcast music is taken from Kledrai from the ukulele quartet Tanabulch and used with kind permission of musician Richard Durrant.